today here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Bob Astor. Thanks for joining me, Bob. Thanks for having me, Mike. Appreciate it. And thanks again, Scott, for uh, the wonderful introduction. Before we get started and tell everyone about Bob, let me remind our Sandler clients about a couple of things that are coming up in the near future. We're going to have, on April 20th, a, another Sandler Boot Camp. Later this month, we have a Sandler Business Leaders Workshop. Uh, I think it's on Wednesday, the 25th. And as usual, we have our Tuesday uh, Advanced Sandler President's Club classes. And on Thursday mornings, we have our Standard President's Club classes. A lot of good things happening over here at Sandler, and some of you... Uh, coming to class, we'll hear about some of the uh, miraculous discoveries from last week's Sandler Client Summit in Orlando. And I I will tell everyone that next year's Client Summit in Orlando will be at the same place. We're going to be at the Rosin Center, which is a much better hotel than where we were before. They had 1,200 people there last week, Sandler trainers, associates, clients, and a few prospects. They expect about 1,300 people next year. And they have an advanced registration if you're interested in signing up for the conference at about a 50% discount for $350 instead of $700. Uh, when you get nearer to the date, it's, I think, going to be March 16th and 17th, uh, 2017. Uh, give me a call over here at the training center, 513-753-9400. We'll get you the link so that you can sign up early and take advantage of the uh, great uh, discount that uh, Sandler is offering. Let me tell everyone a little bit about Bob. Uh, Bob Astor is the commercial energy representative for Shipley Energy. Uh, He started with Shipley back in 1997 as their first natural gas sales representative. Over the years, Bob has held a number of jobs with Shipley Energy, including director of natural gas sales, purchasing and scheduling, director of liquid fuels, uh, wholesale fuels business manager, fleet manager, facilities manager, uh, and director of public loca- public relations. Bob, it sounds like you've worn a lot of hats. I have worn a lot of hats. Uh, Shipley is a uh, an 87-year-old family-owned business. Uh, once you get uh, involved in the business, uh, they tend to use you to the, your fullest. Mm-hmm. And I've uh, had the uh, the honor to hold a number of different jobs within the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob served as a general manager in the York uh, Little League. Uh, served as president of the Springett's Berry Town Volunteer Fire Department. Springett's Berry Township. That's uh, it's quite a mouthful. It's uh, our local local community. Uh, 
Good. And uh, Bob has shared with me he's moving here to Ohio, hopefully in the Cincinnati marketplace. Bob has served. Uh, how close are you actually to moving to Ohio? Uh, we should be moved uh, by July 1. We're, uh, we've been looking for housing for three or four months. Uh, we're planning on uh, doing some traveling in the month of June mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully have a, a house picked out by May 1, let the contractors get in and make it my wife's house. Mm-hmm. And uh, because we all know how important that is, uh, and then uh, you know, travel on vacation in June and July one, move into our uh, our new home. Good, Bob. If someone wants to get a hold of you uh, after the show, how do they do that? Uh, you can reach me at eight five five four Shipley. Uh, you can reach me online at r aster at shipleyenergy dot com. That's r a s t o r at ShipleyEnergy.com. Good. Why don't you uh, tell our listeners, Bob, a little bit of the history of, of Shipley. It's, it's a company that many of us here in Ohio have never heard of. Uh, and justifiably so. Uh, and we're an 87-year-old family-owned business. Uh, started out uh, providing energy services, uh, home heating oil, propane. Uh, we've now moved into natural gas and electricity. It's a fourth-generation family-owned business. Uh, the CEO, Bill, Energy, or Bill Shipley, uh, has led the team now for 20 years. Uh, we've built a, a dynamic uh, and, and young leadership team uh, to support him and uh, help move the company uh, into this next chapter. Uh, Bill's uh, great-great-uncle had started the business. Uh, it passed down to his grandfather, then to his father, and now... Uh, Bill as uh, as a successor to the to the operation. What products uh, does Shipley offer here in Ohio? Uh, in Ohio, we do uh, wholesale fuel, uh, gasoline and uh, diesel fuel, as well as heating oil. Uh, we can do uh, wholesale loads, transport loads of propane, and we do natural gas and electricity. We're uh, the natural gas and electricity side of things. Uh, heating oil uh, under a lot of pressure from uh, regulators and from the EPA uh, to uh, to wean ourselves off of uh, coal and oil. And I know that's a, uh, a problematic issue for a lot of industries. Uh, You're not a coal supplier, are you? No, we're not a coal supplier, but we uh, we feel that pain because the the pressure uh, on the coal industry is becoming pressure on the oil industry as well. Uh, can you explain what you mean by that? Coal, uh, coal and oil are both seen as uh, as the dirtiest of the fossil fuels. Uh, natural gas, obviously, a fossil fuel as well. You're uh, you're creating energy from waste material from eons ago. Uh, the sulfur content in coal uh, creates toxic environment uh, as the particulate matter and the pollutants from the burning of that product to generate heat to create electricity and run process boilers and things of that nature. Uh, heating oil, the same way. Fuel oil, the same way. Uh, you're, uh, while the sulfur content is not as great as it is for coal, uh, still seen as, as a problem uh, for the environment, a much bigger problem uh, than natural gas. So uh, down the road, uh, we see uh, electricity and natural gas as uh, as being the uh, the keystones of our uh, of our energy business, and uh, you know, we're working towards that, and we're growing uh, by leaps and bounds in those in those markets. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I thought coal plants all had uh, scrubbers to make the air clean coming out. Well, you know, they do. Uh, there's a lot of money that goes into to putting those scrubbers on. They're not putting new coal, you know, to put a new coal-fired uh, energy plant into operation, to put a new uh, oil-fired energy plant into operation. Uh, the regulators are going to make it very, very challenging, very, very expensive for uh, anyone, any utility, uh, any reseller to uh, to do that. Uh, so the, the next thing is, uh, you know, they're looking at all the alternative fuels. And for the time being, they're classifying natural gas in that realm uh, because it's lower in sulfur content. Even with the scrubbers, natural gas still uh, comes out on the winning end of that uh, that equation. Solar power, obviously, uh, geothermal, uh, hydro, uh, all of those cleaner types of energies are uh, being uh, pushed by the government as uh, better alternatives for the uh, future of our children, for the future of the environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so Shipley doesn't do coal. Wait, we don't sell coal. Uh, we, uh, as we're selling electricity, mm-hmm. uh, there is a percentage of the electricity that's going to be coming from coal-fired plants. Uh, electricity, uh, as uh, with uh, heating oil, pretty fungible product. You've got a number of power generators creating electricity, and they're going to be creating that electricity either through coal-powered plants, oil-powered plants, uh, nuclear, uh, nuclear energy plants. Um, solar, geothermal, hydro, uh, all of those different types of energies are going into the grid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you as a consumer have the opportunity to buy that energy from any number of suppliers at the tail end of things. And that's where someone like Shipley would come into play. Mm-hmm. Uh, we make contracts with the power generation companies. We're buying electricity from them every day. That electricity going into the grid. Uh, and then we're selling that power to our customers and hopefully new customers uh, to be dis- delivered to their uh, businesses and to their uh, end users mm-hmm. uh, every day. Uh, electricity, I kind of look at it as a real-time product. Well, it is. Uh, storage of electricity, uh, you know, Elon Musk and, and the folks uh, at Tesla think that they've uh, come across a a way to uh, store electricity to allow you to um, secure your energy in the off-peak hours when energy is cheaper Mm -hmm. and then to power your home or power your business uh, during the peak times at a lower cost with that stored energy. Uh, Jury is still out on that. They're uh, they're selling the units. They're selling the the future of those units. Mm -hmm. Do we have a time of day? charged electricity in the state of Ohio or northern Kentucky? I don't know the answer to that. I'll have to look. Okay. Uh, it would seem that the Musk idea of storing your electricity and batteries in your garage, uh, same batteries he puts in his cars. Uh, Amazing might, how that works, isn't it? Well, those are the same batteries types that have been in the hoverboards and they kind of exploded. <laughs> yeah, but he's got safety, so no, no Tesla cars have actually exploded from overcharging. Correct. Yeah. yeah, but the uh, 
the challenge there, uh, and I, I will get an answer back for the listeners on the uh, uh, time of day and peak demand. Uh, I'm fairly confident that they do, uh, simply because you only have the ability to put so much power into the grid, uh, and at peak times, that that 98 degree day with 100% humidity when everybody's got their electricity running, uh, you're going to have rolling brownouts. You're going to have people, uh, industry and businesses requested to curtail their usage so that Mrs. McGillicuddy down at the corner can run her air conditioning and not have a, you know, a problem with the heat in her, in her home. Okay. We're going to take a, uh, a short commercial break here and, uh, we're going to listen to, uh, some, uh, some sandwich stuff. And he now has your proposal, quote, or estimate. What do you suppose he's going to do with that valuable information that you just gave him for free? Call you tomorrow with an order? Get real! He's shopping it around to the competition. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Roth & Associates. I'm the most experienced sandwich sales trainer in Cincinnati. I'm constantly amazed how salespeople operate. They believe a prospect asking for a proposal means the sale is as good as closed. Face it, trained prospects will turn you into an unpaid consultant. For over 15 years, we've been coaching, training, and challenging professionals who are 100% committed to long-term sales growth and profitability, no matter what it takes. If you're deadly serious about increasing sales, call me at 513-646-6523. Find out how Sandler Training can make you better, faster, and stronger. Or register now for our next open house, 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. This is a message for professional salespeople. It's an unusual message. I'm going to tell you that our product is expensive and difficult. It takes effort to use, and it's not for everyone. We provide difficult but effective sales training. It's the kind of training familiar to champion athletes. It builds winners in the world of business. We don't promise quick fixes or color brochures. Only hard work that will teach you how to sell effectively, even when your price is higher. If you're tired of hearing, I want to think it over. If you're finally ready to invest in yourself and your sales career and learn how to close more business faster, call me, Mike Roth, 513-646-6523, and we'll invite you to our next Lunch and Learn Sales Discovery Workshop, 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth and Bob Astor. We're talking about energy. Uh, Bob, what do you think the ultimate uh, solution is to the energy uh, situation for businesses here in Ohio? Well, we feel that uh, energy as a whole, uh, if you're looking at the state as a whole uh, and, the, and the nation uh, in general, uh, we've had a develop a balanced portfolio of energy supply. Uh, The nation seems to be on this uh, track to embrace natural gas because the Marcellus fines have proven to be, uh, to have uh, stores beyond uh, anything we could have possibly hoped for or imagined. Uh, So the nation, our political leaders have said, well, this is the target. This is the way we should be going. There's so We've got so much natural gas that will last us many, many years, and we should uh, move in that direction. Uh, that's, that's extracted using the fracking process. Correct. The, the challenge there is 
the infrastructure is not in place to bring all of that natural gas to market as as you need it. Uh, as we uh, build more pipelines, which is more and more challenging because there are people that don't want those natural gas pipelines in their neighborhoods. Uh, as we can bring that natural gas to market, that makes sense. But you've got to balance that demand uh, with uh, other types of fuel, solar, hydro, uh, geothermal, nuclear, coal-fired, oil-fired, uh, all of those things need to be a balance to... I know you left that wind. Okay, wind, excuse me, wind power. Uh, we have a few of those windmills here in Ohio. Yeah, I passed those on the turnpike coming out. I should have uh, should have been clear in my mind, fresh in my mind as we were going into this. Uh, as, a, uh, as an end user, as a customer... Mm -hmm. uh, whether you are a large industrial customer, a commercial customer, a uh, you know, small commercial customer, a pizza shop, something along those lines, or uh, even a residential user, uh, the thing you want to be doing is looking for a uh, supplier that has a good history, uh, a business background, a solid uh understanding and grasp of the uh, ins and outs of either the natural gas or the electricity market. In this case, let's focus on electricity. Uh, and a company that's got the financial wherewithal to be able to absorb and withstand some of the vagaries of the market. Uh, last winter, everybody was talking about the polar vortex. There were a lot of uh, news uh, companies that were covering uh, customers. Now you're talking about the winter of... 2015? Uh, 2014, 2015. Mm -hmm. uh, it got very, very cold very suddenly. Uh, there was a lot of demand on the electric generating suppliers. And a number of customers, large number of customers, who had been placed on variable rates by their suppliers, some of them knowingly, some of them uh, very innocent in the equation, uh, found themselves faced with very, very large electricity bills. Uh, what happens during those periods of peak demand, because you're typically looking at uh, the electric generating companies producing a certain volume of electricity during the day and inputting that into the system, when they have to ramp up very, very quickly to meet peak demand, uh, peak demand times, they have to bring online older equipment that doesn't run as efficiently. Uh, they are bringing on older equipment that runs on uh, different types of energy sources. And all of those things cost time, and that's money. And those costs get passed along to someone. As a customer of an electric supply company, if you're on a variable rate and you're subject to pay the market rate for electricity, you could find yourselves during those peak times, as we had during the polar vortex, of paying $100 a kilowatt hour for electricity when normally you'd be paying $0.10 cents a kilowatt hour. Now, in Ohio, are variable rate contracts uh, common? They are very common, more so than uh, the general public uh, and businessmen uh, are aware of. Uh, the thing you need, the thing you want to look for, the thing you need to look for in your contract with any electric supplier is, is it an evergreen clause? Does my electric supply contract automatically roll over if 
I miss a letter in the in the mail or I miss an email that says, hey, your contract expires on, well, let's keep the number simple here, March the 31st. Uh, if you don't do anything, if you don't respond to them, what happens April the 1st? Do you continue with that electric supplier? Uh, and at what rate? So you, as a businessman uh, or a purchasing agent for a businessman, you want to make sure that you fully understand the contract that you're involved in. Uh, so in other words, people were signing uh, one one year fixed rate contracts that could roll over at the end of that year automatically into a variable contract. Correct. Wow. And those were uh, some of the more challenging aspects of that. Uh, polar vortex and the variable price uh, battles that, that went on uh, as a result of, of the higher electricity prices for those variable customers. Many of the customers didn't realize that they were on variable prices, and then they suddenly found themselves faced with a bill that was 10, 20, 100 times higher than what they were normally getting. Uh, and that could put a lot of companies out of business. Certainly would. So you want to make sure that your company is being upfront and honest with you about the terms of their contract. Mm -hmm. uh, and you want to make sure How that... How Shipley handle that? We have dedicated staff of people uh, who uh, handle customers that are coming up for renewal. Uh, and they uh, reach out uh, by mail, by, by phone, by email uh, to make sure that the customer is fully aware uh, 60 to 90 days prior to their contract expiration that... You've got a hot date coming up here. On March the 31st, your contract's expiring. Uh, please advise us what you want to do. Do you wish to speak with a sales representative, or are you comfortable just moving forward with whatever the next new fixed rate may be? Uh, there are some customers that see the market going down or think the market's going down, and they choose to go on to a variable rate. Mm -hmm. uh, we will allow customers to do that, uh, but we don't make it very easy for them. Uh, and then we always put a tickle in their in their file to uh, to make us aware that they are on a variable rate. Mm -hmm. So that as we move from season to season, if we're going into the winter season, which seems to be the most problematic, or the the heat of the summer, July and August, uh, those are the times when, you, in our estimation, you don't want to be on a variable rate. So we'll uh, put ticklers in the file so that we're reaching out to you before those times of peak demand. Just to remind you, hey, just don't forget, you're on a variable rate here. Uh, and we have had times when those rates have taken uh, a large jump in the months that are coming in, you know, that we're looking at coming up ahead here. Uh, do you want to reconsider? Do you maybe want to take a fixed price? And then go out and have a meeting with them and go over what their options are and, and where pricing is for fi various fixed rate terms at that time. Good. Uh, Let's take a, a short break for a Sandler rule, and now we're going to listen to Sandler rule number 24. I'm Jody Williamson with Sandler Training. I'm here today to talk about rule number 24. Product knowledge used at the wrong time can be intimidating. You know, have you ever overwhelmed a prospect in a sales call with too much product knowledge? If you don't think you have, you actually probably haven't not realized it. Because one of the things we hear from prospects all the time is salespeople tend to come in and talk in buzzwords, industry jargon, uh, acronyms, and in the process they make prospects feel uncomfortable because 
the salesperson's assuming the prospect knows what they're talking about. And sometimes they do, but many times they don't. And when that happens on a call, a prospect could do one of two things. One thing is they could say, well, time out. I'm not sure what you're saying. Can you, can you clarify yourself? But many prospects won't do that because that implies that they're, they're not intelligent, that they're dummies. And so instead of that, they tend to default to option number two, which is they don't say anything. But what they want to do is get out of that situation because no one likes to feel uncomfortable. So getting out of the situation can look like they have a meeting to go to all of a sudden, or you try to get back in and they don't take your phone calls and they give you the runaround. So we have to be really careful of, of using product knowledge that way on a sales call. And, and part of what we have to look at, we have to, we have to say, like, where does this come from? And one of the things that we see is that, you know, in our schooling, we learn something new and we get tested and we feed it back and we get strokes and recognition, we get good grades by learning something and regurgitating it back. And so what happens in sales is people learn something and, and as they're talking about their, their information and technical knowledge, they are getting some feedback and some strokes uh, and they're feeling better about themselves. And when people talk about what they're comfortable with, they do feel good about themselves. But here's the Sandler rule also, is that sales is no place to get your emotional needs met. It's a place to go to the bank. And if I'm using my product knowledge to feel better about myself, that's the wrong reason to use product knowledge. Product knowledge has a value for, to give you confidence, so you can ask better questions, so you can qualify prospects better. But other than that, you have to be really careful how you use it. So I want you to think critically about your, your, your client interactions and ask yourself how much product knowledge and industry jargon are you using. And I would challenge you also to, to try to retool your sales calls in a way where you focus on asking really good questions and not focusing on, on giving all your product knowledge. This is Mike Roth and Bob Astor. Bob, uh, there's been a lot of talk over the last uh, five or six years about fracking. Uh, is it good or is it bad? Uh, why don't you tell our listeners the good side of fracking for energy consumers? Well, obviously fracking has opened up a, a wealth of supply for our nation. has given us an opportunity to be more energy independent than we've been in recent history. Uh, the, the challenge is to continue to do it safely, uh, to monitor the, uh, the companies that are performing the fracking operations and to make sure that they're doing all of the things that they can do to make sure that they're not polluting the groundwater supplies, uh, that they're disposing of their waste products uh, in the best possible and safest way. Uh, but ultimately, uh, you know, fracking has... Uh, proven to be a boon to uh, our economy, uh, a boon to our, our nation as a whole, uh, as we have, uh, as it has given us the opportunity to uh, not be as dependent on foreign nations for our energy sources. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Shipley themselves, they're not a participant in, in the fracking industry. No, we're not a participant in the fracking we're industry. We're not, we're not a producer. We're a, we're a, a mid-level supplier okay natural gas and electricity in in, in the marketplace uh, there's been a, a word thrown around that I'd like you to define for our audience aggregation are you an aggregator or what how does that work um, we can we will do aggregation for customers uh, where we find a, a good fit for that uh, when you're aggregating 
uh, your usage, you're combining your usage, whether it be for electricity or natural gas, with a number of other companies, preferably companies that are similar to yours with the amount of natural gas or electricity they use and when they use it and how often uh, their, their peaks are. Uh, those types of things when you're joining forces of that nature can give you a little bit better buying power because of the increased volume. Now, natural gas and electricity uh, are both commodity-based uh, products, so you don't see a lot of economies of scale in that type of thing, but when you are combining uh, a large enough pool of customers, uh, you can uh, whittle away at, at that to an extent. Uh, does, we'll do, does aggregation make sense for uh, townships, for the consumers in those townships, the individual homeowners? There are some companies out there that will go into a community and, and do aggregation uh, and will set up uh, pools for the local residents. But typically, uh, you don't find a lot of savings in that. A utility uh, is going to be offering uh, company or I'm sorry, a utility is going to be offering residential customers in a marketplace uh, a fairly solid rate because they know what the consumption is, they know what the amount of volume is that a, a normal household is going to use day in and day out, uh, and they're going to be able to buy for those and, and provide supply for those. A secondary supplier going into that type of a market uh, and offering a deal. Uh, for all the residential small commercial customers in a market of that type uh, may have some advantages, but there's going to be customers that are going to lose out because they're going to be those folks that a, a secondary supplier just aren't going to want to supply because of their load factor, because of their peak consumption. Uh, there you go with the Sandler buzzword. There we go. Load factor. Load factor. Tell our listeners what load factor means. Be happy to do that. If you are a... Uh, chemical processing plant, and periodically uh, throughout your work day, you ramp up to do a, a particular process. Uh, and so you put a lot of demand on the system for a very short period of time. Uh, it creates issues within the system because the electricity folks and the natural gas suppliers, they like that nice, even load. Uh, and when there's peaks in that, it upsets the system up and down the line. That's a load factor. If you have someone uh, like a bakery or a pizza shop, they, turn where on they, the oven. they come in first thing in the morning, they turn on the ovens, and the ovens stay on at 475 degrees all day long. Uh, that's a nice balanced load factor. You're using a lot of natural gas, but the, the utility and the supplier can, can count on that. They can base their business on that. They know how much room they need on the line. They know how much capacity it's going to be on the line, and it's not going to be a challenge for them. Uh, if you come in and you don't use any natural gas or electricity until 1145 and then suddenly you throw all the switches on at one time and mm -hmm. you're slamming the, the system trying to draw natural gas or draw electricity out of the line, somebody downstream from you, you know, that next person on that power line or that next person on the natural gas pipeline uh, may see some pressure, pressure reductions, some bounces in their, in their, uh, ability to, to get product. Mm, so places like auto body shops that are turning on the heat lamps. Turn, yeah, turning on the heat lamps to, to uh, uh, 
uh, heat the air, paint boost, uh, yeah. yeah, that type of thing. Sure. That's bad. So you get paid. You get to pay more if you have a low factor that indicates that you're turning on and turning off large consumers of power. Uh, you typically would pay more for that. Yes. All right. We we like to look at it as if you don't have those things, you're going to pay less, mm-hmm. which you know makes it easier for the uh, mom and pop pizza shops and the uh, convenience stores and the dry cleaners. Those folks that have that nice even load all day. Uh, those those folks we can save more money for. Mm-hmm. In the uh, in the business world as well as consumers for the last couple of years, maybe it's even four or five years, it seems there's an endless supply of people who are cold calling to business owners to get them to change electrical suppliers. Uh, could you comment on that for a moment? Uh, sure. The electricity market was deregulated in Ohio in 2001, and you know, the deregulation allows customers to choose to purchase electricity directly from a supplier rather than their utility company. And there are some savings available through that. As a supplier, I'm going to gear my sales calls. I'm going to gear my attention towards those folks with the buzzword that have a load factor that's conducive to allowing me to buy a nice steady load of natural gas or a nice steady load of electricity and supply those customers. And I'm going to seek those folks out and I'm going to have conversations with them about why it works and how it works. Uh, so in this marketplace, Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky, mm-hmm. that would be Duke. That is uh, Duke Natural Gas. They are the player and Duke Electricity as well. Uh, Duke does a very nice job uh, of working with secondary suppliers in the market. They have a very strong vetting process to go through. Uh, so it makes those of us that are secondary suppliers within their system uh, more responsible uh, to the customers because we know that Duke is going to be you know, looking at our operations and looking at how we conduct our business. There are going to be people out there in the secondary energy market that are not going to be the best at playing by the rules uh, as a consumer, whether you're a business or a a residential customer. You want to trust your gut instinct. If somebody's calling you up on the phone and they're pretending to be your best friend from a long, long time ago, uh, chances are they're not. Uh, if they know you, if they have a, an understanding of your company and they're calling and they're asking for specific people, then you will be a little bit more comfortable. Uh, the best thing to do is have a face-to-face meeting with, uh, with your potential energy supplier. I would be, you know, I, I protect my utility account number the same way I protect my social security number. Because if someone has that, they can change your electricity supplier without your knowledge. And it might be two or three months four months or longer, depending upon how you handle your bill payment until you until you realize what has happened. And then it could be sometimes more aggravation and, and money to undo that process than you might think it's worth. And the end result is you've lost money because of someone being unscrupulous in how they've handled your information. So if someone cold calls you asking about natural gas or electricity, ask for a face-to-face meeting. Uh, Shipley Energy has folks that are working in the Ohio market, uh, myself and some of my coworkers, be more than happy to come and uh, sit down, review your bills with you, uh, and work with you to save you as much money as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do the secondary suppliers like Shipley 
always have lower prices than Duke Direct? No, not always. Uh, we will uh, work with a customer to uh, for the long haul, for the long term. Mm-hmm. There are times uh, in the shoulder months, uh, during the spring, during the fall, when there's not a whole lot going on energy-wise. You've got your windows open instead of your air conditioning running. Mm-hmm. You've got your windows open instead of the heat running. Almost a day like today. Almost a day like today. Uh, those uh, those weather factors uh, allow the utility companies to uh, buy less uh, electricity, buy less natural gas from the suppliers, uh, and it allows them to balance their load. And they pass those savings along to their customers. So if I'm quoting you uh, in, in the spring or in the fall, uh, my immediate short-term rate might not be comparable to what the utilities rate is. Uh, but what I can do is offer you a fixed price for a year, 18 months, two years, three years as a possibility. The utility is going to change your price for your uh, electricity or natural gas typically every quarter. So every three months you're going to see that price move and it's going to be a little bit lower as we get into the spring. It's going to be a little bit higher as you get into the summer. It's going to be a little bit lower as you get into the fall. It's going to go back up during the wintertime. So what we've got to do is, is look at you know, what the rates have been historically, what that percentage of change is, uh, and then try and calculate an estimated savings based on what we can offer you as a fixed price or what an electricity or natural gas supplier can offer you as a fixed price. Uh, it makes it a lot easier for budgeting purposes if you know that your natural gas price for the next two years is going to be at a fixed price. You can work your budget numbers around that. Mm-hmm. You can work your ROI, your return on investment calculations, uh, and, and you'll know where, you're, where you stand. If you're with the utility and over 50% of the eligible uh, consumers in Ohio are still directly buying from the utility. They've not jumped off and gone to a secondary supplier. Over 50%. Over 50%. Uh, so for those of you out there listening, check your bills. If you've not made that change, give us a call. Did I mention it was one eight five five four Shipley, or you can reach me at raster at shipleyenergy.com and be more than happy to set up an appointment with you, go over those things, and save you some money on your utility bills. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, pause here and uh, listen to a couple of sound commercials, and uh, then we'll be back. When you hear about a typical sales training program, does it usually involve a one- or two-day seminar where some alleged guru passes down what he claims are the secrets to making sales? At Roth & Associates, I'm the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. We recognize that truisms and motivating speeches aren't enough to arm sales teams with the tools they need for success. Sales is a hard business. Typical sales training can only provide typical and disappointing results. At Roth & Associates, we use the Sandler methodology of continual reinforcement and ongoing training seminars, along with individual coaching to ensure victory in the world of sales. We've been doing it here in Cincinnati for over 15 years. You won't fail because I won't let you. Roth & Associates, 513-646-6523. 513-646-6523. On the web at rothconsulting.net. Finding power in reinforcement. 
This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. Many salespeople tell us business was really easy. They likened it to gathering fruit in an orchard full of ripe trees. They gathered the low-hanging fruit. They had to get baskets to pick up the fruit that was already fallen. They never had to climb a tree. They worked this way for 10 or 15 years. Given the strong economy, this was no problem. What are you hearing now? The economy has slowed down. Salespeople are competing on price. There's still business now, but salespeople have to work harder. The fruit has not fallen from the tree, and there's no low-hanging fruit. The fruit is there, but it's higher up in the tree. The problem is, their salespeople have forgotten how to climb. Do your salespeople know how to climb? If you or your team needs to learn how to climb through and up out of tough economic times, call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523 or check our website at rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with uh, Bob Astor from Shipley. Uh, Bob, roughly how many alternate suppliers that have been approved by Duke are there in the uh, Ohio market? There are approximately 20 different natural gas suppliers in the Duke Energy realm uh, in the Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky route, Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky regions in the Duke Energy system. Uh, so we're in That's quite a good few. company. It is quite a few. Uh, it certainly is a challenge for... Uh, How do you differentiate Shipley from the other suppliers? I think it's our people. Uh, we are uh, very people-oriented, uh, gives us more of a caring concern, direct connection with our customers. We take time to uh, meet with the customers, work those things out uh, that may be uh, may create issues for the customer uh, later in the process. Our, com- our commitment to customer service is at the core of everything that we do. Uh, you know, proactively communicating with our customers, addressing problems for the customers. Uh, we've got just a, a great team of, of people. Uh, at Shipley that are committed to what they do. Do you have any innovations or exclusive features that you offer to your clients? In the energy side of things with electricity and natural gas, not a lot of innovation there. Uh, We uh, have a full-time staff of uh, buyers and hedgers uh, that allow us to control our costs on that side of things. Uh, Certainly not new to the industry, uh, but it's a full-time job, and we've got a, a number of, of young people that uh, are watching those markets daily in an effort to hold down uh, our costs and ultimately hold down the costs to our customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you offer fixed-rate plans as well as variable plans? Um, we focus on fixed-rate plans. We believe that that's the best uh, product for our customers. Uh, good safety net there. Uh, We will uh, make variable price programs available to customers that believe that the market's coming down and and they want to test the waters, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we will, uh, through our our systems operations at the the main office, track those customers very carefully. Uh, And if we see things in the marketplace that are giving us concerns that prices may spike, if we see weather anomalies approaching, uh, we'll reach out to those customers that are on variable prices, uh, especially commercial customers, large industrial customers, and, and just caution them that, hey, you know, we're, we're seeing something here a couple of weeks down the road, a month down the road, that 
we're concerned about and we want to bring it to their attention so that they have an opportunity to, to move from a variable price to a fixed price. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the average consumer, does that uh, battery-powered Tesla home uh, make any sense or is it just pure hype? I almost want to take a, a, a pass on that question. Uh, I don't have firsthand knowledge of it. Uh, I hear uh, from a number of sources that uh, it's a good process, a good program. Uh, my feeling and my concern is is that it's going to be similar to uh, having uh, nothing but solar power for your home or nothing but wind power for your home. Uh, there are going to be times when you're going to be challenged to uh, supply enough energy to keep the lights on, the refrigerator running, uh, do a load of dishes, have your wife jump in the shower uh, and draw all the hot water. Uh, so I, I think the jury's still out on it. I think it's a great idea. Uh, how it translates into to being able to run your home efficiently and economically, I think the jury's still out. So it doesn't sound like you're going to be one of the first early adopters of it. Tesla system. Uh, no, I don't think I'm going to be uh, one of the first early adopters. <laughs> okay. I understand that. Uh, Shipley uh, has built a reputation for giving back to communities where it, it does business. Uh, why don't you tell us uh, about some of the things that Shipley has done and maybe some of the areas that it might uh, get into here in Ohio? Okay. Uh, I've already had uh, meetings with the uh, folks at the art museum. Uh, here in Cincinnati. We're looking at doing some partnership programs with them in the, in the coming months. Uh, Cincinnati Art Museum is just a, a fantastic venue uh, for uh, anybody in the listening audience that has not been there. What are you waiting for? Uh, we uh, work very closely with uh, the United Way. We work very closely with uh, school districts in our areas to uh, help guide and nurture uh, young people. We are confident that uh, the only way for our nation to thrive and prosper is the education of our young people. Uh, we offer uh, through uh, a number of different programs some scholarships uh, for kids going on to post-secondary education. Uh, a large number of our employees uh, and we have I think at my last count, 650 employees, uh, and a large number of those folks are involved, uh, as I am, with Junior Achievement, where we're going out into the classrooms and we're working with young people and doing some training and teaching and things of that nature. Uh, and we encourage all of our uh, staff and management uh, to get involved in, in those uh, in, the, in their local communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, those of you who listen to the show for a long time know that, I, that I'm a, a member of the downtown Cincinnati Rotary Club and always recommend that as a great way uh, to get back to the community. It's all about service above self. Uh, Mom, uh, is there a unique marketing advantage that uh, Shipley brings to the marketplace? Unique marketing advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we... We're one of a a large number of of energy suppliers in the natural gas and electricity market in this region. I would uh, invite that you uh, give us a call at one eight five five four shipley and uh, have a conversation with us about how we might be able to help you out with your energy needs.
Mm-hmm. Can you describe your best prospects? Certainly any business or industry that is currently buying directly from the utility and has not yet chosen a secondary supplier. Uh, anybody that's got a contract renewal coming up with a secondary supplier that's interested in getting a uh, competitive quote, I'll uh, be more than happy to work with you on those things. Uh, customer that uh, hasn't looked at uh, their secondary supplier's uh, contract recently uh, and isn't sure where they stand with that uh, with that supplier. It, it amazes me uh, that uh, so I'm having conversations with people like, well, yeah, I think we're with somebody else, but I'm not sure. And, you know, then it's, well, I'll tell you what, do this. Do do this favor for me and do this favor for you as a business owner. Uh, find your contract. Mm-hmm. Take a look at it. Mm-hmm. If you have questions about it, give me a call. be more than happy to uh, share with you what you're looking at, what you have. Uh, and I know one of the tenets of Sandler training is not to be an unpaid consultant, but ultimately uh, my goal would be to help you understand so that you can make an informed decision and choose a better energy supplier by choosing Shipley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a question that's running around in the back of my mind, uh, you brought up these evergreen contracts that uh, people have that automatically renew with different terms. Uh, are, are those types of contracts legal in the state of Ohio? They are, uh, it, and it all comes down to uh, the language in the contract itself. Uh, it's generally uh, with a company that's upfront and forthright with their customer, something that the uh, salesperson is going to review with you. Oh, and by the way, make a note on your calendar, this contract will renew automatically on this date and you'll be put into a pool or you'll be put into a variable rate program uh, until such time as you contact us. Uh, the the better way to handle that, the Shipley way of handling that is to say, uh, make a note on your calendar, uh, about 90 days prior to your contract expires, expect a call from us to review your contract with you and see what the next step is and where we want to go from here if we want to continue with another fixed price contract or if we want to maybe you know test the waters and see if a variable price program might work for a short period of time. Again, natural gas and electricity are commodity-based uh, items. Those markets go up and go down based on, on wealth of factors, uh, the weather, uh, geopolitical events, uh, and they're at the time that your particular contract may be expiring might not be the best time to renew. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. it may be in your best interest to take a short-term variable contract until the market steadies itself out. We did a lot of those types of things during the polar vortex two winters ago, uh, where because the, uh, of the price impact of that weather system, uh, drove prices very, very high very quickly, but we saw it as a short-term event, and we knew that if we, had, as we had customers that were coming up for renewals, uh, we sat back with them and said, okay, look, here's what, here's what we're going to do. We'll extend your current contract at this number for three months, and then we'll revisit the market, and we'll continue to do that in three-month clips or 30-day clips or however you, the customer, think it works best in your budget, 
and then as we see the market coming down, we'll work with you to secure the very best pricing that we possibly can. Okay. Uh, we're getting a little bit light on time, but uh, I did want to ask you this question. You, 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 you've run in several management uh, positions at Shipley as a director. Uh, perhaps you could, could give our listeners a leadership tip or two. A leadership t- tip or two. Uh, certainly um, trust your people, train your people, give them clear expectations, uh, and work carefully with them to help them be successful because ultimate success is your success. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have a philosophy here that uh, simple solutions to complex problems are usually wrong. Perhaps you could share with our listeners a complex problem that you've run into in your business career at Shipley uh, and the uh, equally complex solution that you used to solve it. Oh, probably the biggest challenge that I had as the uh, as the fleet manager, the facility manager role, uh, we were closing a facility that we were using and moving into something uh, much smaller. Uh, the challenge that we had was the time frame between the time we had to move out of our existing building into our new facility and working with government officials to get all of the permitting processes handled in a, in a a time that would allow us to meet our goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, worked with uh, everyone concerned, kept everyone uh, in the loop, kept everyone uh, moving forward towards that goal, and ultimately we, through communications, were able to uh, meet our goal, got moved into our new facilities, uh, and subsequently donated our old property to a local food bank operation uh, to a, uh, a food distribution uh, and, and food warehouse for the local community, and they've taken some of the parking area that we had for our trucks uh, for many, many years and converted that, or will be converting that into public gardens. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's interesting. So can you tell our listeners a little bit more uh, about what you meant by communications? Oh, communications is has got to be a two-way street. We've got to be able to uh, express our needs and wants uh, clearly, concisely. We've got to be able to uh, get buy-in from the people that we are communicating with so that they understand uh, what it is we want and that we're confident and comfortable that they understand. We've got to continue that conversation so that as things uh, are progressing smoothly, that we are uh, recognizing the people's efforts so that they can continue to work towards the common goal. Uh, if they get off track, uh, that we are uh, on top of those situations and that small problems can be handled and resolved before they become large problems. Good. Uh, Bob, I want to thank you for being on the show today. And for those of you who listened all the way to the end of the show, I want to give you a little bit of a preview of what we're going to be doing in the upcoming weeks. We're going to be talking to uh, Sean Coyle. Uh, from Sandler uh, Global Accounts, and we're going to be talking about the new Sandler uh, product called Connect and Sell, which is a highly efficient way for salespeople to talk to more people per hour than manually dialing the phone. This is the first major breakthrough in that area uh, I've seen in the last 10 years. Uh, This is something that uh, was demonstrated to me last week at the Sandler Client Summit, 
Uh, it was astonishing how successful it was and uh, automatically connecting to uh, people and at the same time uh, in an automated fashion leaving voicemail messages which caused people to call back. If you want more details on that, uh, you can always call me at 513-753-9400. But in the next few weeks, we will have Sean Coyle from uh, Sandler Corporate Global Accounts uh, on the show to talk more about that system. Uh, thanks again, Bob. And uh, Scott, take it away. Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400.